Colin Anderson is here with us all the way from Berlin, Germany. He's a state certified food chemist who currently works as a scientific consultant for food and feed at Vessling Holdings in Berlin. Here I am sipping my morning coffee. It's the end of the day for him, but Colin, good morning and good evening. Good morning. You studied food chemistry at the Technical University in Berlin and then did a state certification at the laboratory Berlin Brandenburg. And you currently, as I mentioned, is working as a scientific consultant. But you and I have had some very interesting conversations about my beloved beverage, coffee. And I'm sitting here drinking a cup of coffee this morning and thinking about about you and wondering, can you give us some tips about coffee? How do you choose a good coffee? Um, well, choosing a good coffee all depends on what kind of coffee you prefer to drink. For my part, I prefer to drink espresso. Um, and um, in terms of choosing espresso, it's always, of course, best to choose freshly roasted coffee due to the um, freshness of the aromas. And the aromas don't uh, dissipate as quickly. But how do you make a medium roast versus a dark roast? Is it just how you roast it and how long you roast it? Exactly. That's pretty much the only difference is the the roast temperature and the roast time. The uh, medium roasts are tendentially roasted at lower temperatures and for a shorter time, and the dark roasts are roasted at higher temperatures for a longer time. Um, but then, of course, there's also the differentiation between uh, industrial roasts and uh, um, small roastery roasts where they have a a longer roasting period. For example, the in the industry, you tend to roast for a, a very short time, such as, I don't know, five minutes at very high temperatures of like, such as uh, 300 degrees Celsius. Whereas in small roasters, they tend to roast for about 15 to 20 minutes at about 200 degrees uh, Celsius. What difference does that make in the coffee? Um, the difference is that um, you have different products. For example, the thing is, um, the reaction which, which occurs during roasting is called the uh, uh, Maillard reaction. It's the reaction of um, um, reducing sugars and proteins, and they produce um, aromatic um, compounds. And if you roast at very high temperatures, you're going to tend to get very small fragmented uh, products. Whereas when you roast at a lower temperature for a longer time, the um, products you're going to get are going to be larger. And they're going to be they're going to have more polymerization reactions, and the actual um, compounds are going to be more complex. Meaning you're going to have a bigger variety of um, aroma active substances, which are going to be um, probably more fruity, more aromatic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. I wonder why that's probably why I like the smaller roasters much better than the larger producers like Starbucks. I I, I do mm. partake in Starbucks all the time, but to me it tastes a little bit burned. That's been my perception as well. That for a very long time, Starbucks has always tasted like burnt popcorn to me. Mm-hmm. However, they have improved over the last few years and recognized that the roasting process um, and uh, the roast that they've been going with hasn't really been the best, but there's still, of course, uh, no comparison to the uh, small batch roasteries. What do you think the proper way to brew a cup of coffee is? The proper way to brew a cup of coffee? Um, 
<laughs> as in filter coffee or as in... Do you filter in, uh, it? Do you use a press? Do you use a percolator? Um, is there a... I'm, I'm pretty much... I love, uh, I love espresso. So that's, in my opinion, the proper way of brewing coffees. Um, however, that's uh, really just a, a preference of every, that everyone has to figure out for themselves, all depending on the consistency that they prefer, the intensity, the aromas, and who knows what. So I, I don't think there is a, a actual answer to what the proper way of brewing coffee is. Colin, have you have you given any thought to uh, long-term storage of coffee? I know a lot of survivalists in this country are buying up coffee like crazy and they're being told that you should store the raw beans versus the roasted. But I personally worry about mold in coffee. And I've heard that there is mold in a lot of coffee that we buy. Do you, do you have an opinion on that? Um, it is, of course, better to, um, well, out of a food safety perspective, it is safer to store roasted coffee because in the non-roasted coffee, you do have molds um, which produce uh, mycotoxins such as um, aflatoxin A1, A2, G1, G2, and uh, acrotoxin A, which can be toxic um, at certain concentration levels. Um, however, in terms of um, getting the best bean at the end, it would probably be better to uh, roast as late as possible. However, I don't know how long one could one could actually hold, or um, how long the the raw coffee beans um, will still stay in in uh, terms of quality mm-hmm. without without becoming bad. Let's put it that way. Do you have an opinion about organic versus the normal coffee? Um, I buy <laughs> organic because I'm, you know. I live in America, and we're told that organic is always best. I buy organic versus the regular coffee, thinking I might not have as many pesticides on it. Does it really make a difference? Well, I do work in a, in a lab that uh, is specialized on pesticide analytics, and we do get a lot of coffee um, samples. And I must say that there, in terms of pesticides, there is no difference between organic and regular coffee because um, the actual coffee bean, as one calls it, um, is actually a, as a, not the fruit because they're, well, coffee consists of, of so sort of, it looks like a cherry pretty much, and the actual fruit around the uh, coffee bean is processed. The actual part of the coffee bean that is sprayed with pesticides isn't used in the coffee bean or isn't, doesn't end up in your cup. And another thing through the actual roasting of the roasting process, a lot of the pesticides are destroyed. And so that way they aren't uh, determinable in the end either. But the question is also what one could do is, is try to um, do tests in, in terms of how pesticides are destroyed and what kind of metabolites are still uh, to be found in the roasted coffee afterwards. Hmm. But... Just based on the current results that we've been getting in the labs, there's actually as good as no um, pesticides traceable on roasted coffee anymore. That's and very rarely one one finds them. Well, it has to it has to do with the the roasting process and the uh, not using the um, the actual fruit of the coffee beans. Are the regulations in Germany pretty strict on the use of pesticides and uh, with coffee? 
Um, well, in Germany, you have the regulation 396, which pretty much regulates the use of pesticides for all matrixes and a very large amount of pesticides um, for Europe. Um, for coffee in particular, there aren't any stricter regulations in terms of pesticides. Um, but to be honest, coffee isn't necessarily um, analyzed very often for pesticides because uh, they just aren't found very often. So I don't need to spend all that extra money on organic coffee. I can just buy a really good coffee and feel safe drinking it. Yeah, well, safe drinking, yes. But also organic is usually a question of, of fair trade and and the people that um, plant the coffee because the people that are often out in the coffee fields, they um, aren't um, confronted with as much um, pesticides, which is, of course, on a human aspect, maybe better. But if in terms of drinking your cup of coffee and being healthier doing so, it's, there's no difference. So you would say then to protect the people in the fields, we should go with fair trade coffee. I think that's a great idea, Colin. Any other tips on coffee you want to give us? Try and uh, experiment. Try different uh, coffee roasters. Try different beans and see what you like most. What I can also recommend is trying different uh, grinding strengths um, or, or coarsenesses of the, the, the beans because quite often one gets uh, through the different coarseness of the beans, you can have different extraction um, efficiencies, and that way your coffee tastes different as well. Or varying temperatures can also make a difference. Can you have the water too hot when you pour it in the in the uh, press? Um, in my opinion, surely, because also if you, the water is too hot, uh, too hot, then you might burn the coffee beans, which is also a big uh, issue when um, making espresso. Because um, if the the water is too hot, then the the coffee is actually burnt, which uh, is, in my opinion, possibly also the reason why Starbucks coffee tastes so burnt is because the temperature might be too too hot. Uh, for my my preference, for example, for the espresso that I brew is about eighty eight to ninety degrees Celsius. Um, but I know of people that that pull their espressos at ninety three to ninety five degrees Celsius which is uh, very hot. Yeah, uh, what I do is I boil the water. I, I've been using the press the last couple of days. I boil the water and then I wait 10 seconds for it to settle and cool a little bit and then pour it in because I've heard that's the best way to do it. Well, I definitely let the water cool down a little bit before, it, uh, before pouring out on my coffee so it isn't boiling. Um, but also in terms of water, what, which uh, comes to my mind, uh, I'd probably vary waters as well because water is of course uh, the main component of the coffee and um, can um, have an impact on the taste of the coffee. Um, I I generally try to use uh, soft water, so water that has um, very low uh, content of calcium carbonate because it makes the coffee silkier in my opinion. Either you can use water filters um, or you can you can buy bottled water and use bottled water to uh, prepare your coffee in, in instead of uh, tap water. But that all depends on on what kind of water you have coming out of your tap. For example, Germany has very hard water, um, so one would definitely either need a water filter or um, bottled water. We have fluoride in our water here. 
Yeah, that probably ruins the taste of, of your coffee as well. I would definitely use uh, bottled water to prepare my coffee if I were to live in the States. I've been running the water mm-hmm. through a Brita filter. That would help too, right? Um, I don't know if that gets the chlorine out, um, but also a problem with Brita filters is also that one has to change them frequently mm-hmm. in terms of microbiology. But then again, if you cook your water, um, that's not an issue. It definitely helps for uh, terms of hardness. Talk to me about the different types of coffee. If you're making an espresso, what do you choose and why? Well, in terms of picking espressos, most people always want to have 100% Arabica beans because they're generally known to be uh, better or more aromatic. But there, there are two different genotypes of, of bean, so to say, um, such as raspberry or, or blueberry and they, they grow in, under different conditions and have different properties. For example, the Arabica beans, they're very sensitive to climate changes and they only grow ap- after certain altitudes and uh, therefore are harder to harvest and uh, um, don't carry as many fruits and are therefore also more expensive than Robusta beans, for example, which grow on lower um, altitudes and carry more fruits and are, are, are a lot more robust, which is also the reason why it's called robust. It's actually called um, Cofea canifolia, not uh, Cofea robusta, in comparison to the Arabica. Arabica is, is considered to be um, more exquisite because it's harder simply to... The processing is more expensive, and that's why people prefer 100% Arabica, but also um, pure Robusta is very um, bold, it's very rough, it's, it's, um, it brings the, the texture um, into coffee, whereas the Arabica has more aroma, it's more acidic, and uh, um, in my opinion, the best espressos are, are generally um, a blend of, of Arabica and um, Robusta. Um, maybe 80% uh, Arabica and 20% Robusta. However, that's also only um, a preference of mine uh, because I prefer to have chocolatey and nutty notes, uh, whereas people who prefer to have more fruity uh, aromas or or fruity um, aspects such as apricot or or raspberry, whatever, in their their espresso, they uh, tend to go to 100% uh, Arabica. Describe the perfect espresso how you make it and what it tastes like. I want to. I want. I want to enjoy the espresso with you for a moment. <laughs> okay. Um, well, in my opinion, um, you of course need the first thing that has to be said is the the beans need to be perfect. Um, I prefer eighty to eighty uh, percent arabica, twenty percent um, uh, robusta. I like a a dark roast. Um, of course, the roast has to be. Um, fresh, so it needs to be, at least in the last month, it has to, the beans need to be roasted. Um, I don't. The beans shouldn't be roasted too dark, or else it'll, of course, taste burnt. Um, in terms of setting the parameters in your machine, your machine should be, of course, hot, um, so that all of the, um, the, the entire machine is hot, uh, so you have the best extraction sufficiency. So whenever I, I turn on my machine, I, I let the... Um, I let the water run through the sieves so that I, the entire machine is warm. I need about, um, for a single espresso, seven to nine grams of coffee, or for a double espresso, um, double. So it would be 
16 to 18 grams of espresso. Um, for espresso, you need about a volume of 25 to 30 milliliters of water. And um, of course, what is important is uh, an extraction time of, of about 25 plus minus five seconds. Um, and temperatures between 88 to um, 92 degrees. Um, whereas, uh, for example, the Italians, I think, define their espresso temperature as 86 to 90 degrees. Um, but the most important thing also, so um, when, when pulling an espresso shot, you also have to um, pay attention to the tamping. When, when setting your coffee, um, there, you have so many different parameters. Um, so when I get my when I get new coffee, what I, I have about a certain range of of, of grind strength um, at where I, I try it. Um, so I put my my uh, I usually do a double shot. So I put my about 17 grams of coffee in, and then I, I tamp with a pressure about uh, 10 kilograms, 10 to 15 kilograms. Um, you always try to to get your your tamping as consistent as possible. Um, and then I, I put it in the machine, and then I, I let it run. Um, I, what I try to do is getting exactly at, at nine um, bar pressure, and having my coffee um, flow at a, a velocity of one milliliter per second, so that I have, so to say, 25 uh, milliliters in 25 seconds. And if that doesn't um, work, for example, if it, if my espresso um, pulls a lot slower, so if it pulls 30 to 35 seconds, then my grind is probably going to be way too fine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make my coffee coarser so that um, the extraction is uh, faster. And so there's a lot of different parameters always to, to, pull, to pull around on um, when pulling your coffee. Because one also has to, to try the coffee if it's, if it's too acidic, if it's too burnt, and uh, there's a lot of different... Uh, parameters that um, are important to making the, the perfect espresso. I bought some coffee recently and it said it was non-acidic and non-dehydrating. What does that mean? The non-dehydrating, I guess, is a term that is probably only used in America. In Germany, it, would be, it wouldn't be allowed because it would be false advertising because every other coffee um, it would also be non-dehydrating. I would never uh, pick my coffee based on, on that claim. There have been many studies sh showing that Coffee, in fact, isn't dehydrating, um, but it's it's a um, a misunderstanding or a misbelief that has been prevalent in the states, and that's why I guess American uh, um, fabricators write non-dehydrating on their packaging. We should do a video of you making espresso coffee. Thank you so much. <laughs> you have a great evening. I'm going to share this with our readers, and um, hopefully, they'll be drinking better coffee very soon. I'm going to go fix an amazing cup of coffee now, and I will be thinking about you while I'm drinking it. You have a nice evening. Thank you. You too.